0: Church, how you doing today, man? It is so good to see you right here in the building today. It's awesome to celebrate the birth of our King. And there's another group that's hanging out and worshiping with us and celebrating with us too. They're called Real Life Church Online. I'm just wondering, can they hear you this morning? Let's make them feel welcome. Amen. Yeah, they're hearing you loud and strong. Well, hey. I want you to extend a Christmas greeting to those around you for about 30 seconds. Make someone feel welcome, and then you're invited to have a seat. watching you guys connect out there. It's going to be a great, great day in the house. We're honored to have you here. And if you're a first-time guest at Real Life Church, I want to extend an extra special welcome to you this morning. We're honored to have you here. Hope you have a great time with us here this afternoon. And, And I just want to invite you to take that connection card. It was on your chair. It's probably on the floor by now. Will you just grab that and mark the box that says, First Time Here? And will you fill out as much information as you feel comfortable doing? I'll just say this. I can assure you, no one from Real Life Church will ever show up at your door unannounced. We, we just don't do that here. But we will send you something in the mail. And we'd love just to connect with you this week and just check in on you, see how everything's going for you this holiday season and, and just really try our best to get you connected, feel needed and known. Because that's what you are right here at Real Life Church. And hey, if you do call Real Life home, will you take that same card and will you mark the box that says regularly attend? There's also a spot on there for you to put down things like your prayer requests and praises and things that we can just pray for you for over these next coming weeks and check in on you. We don't want anyone to feel awkward or weird being the only one putting a a card in the bucket at the end. That's where we'll put those, by the way. Our ushers will come by later. So let's make that kind of an all call today and, and fill out those cards and while you're filling out those cards, let me tell you what you can expect this afternoon. We're going to have a time of, of just uh, togetherness as a church body. We're going to hear a message of hope, a message of hope about the coming King, Jesus. We're going to have a hot cocoa bar with some yummy treats. I, I saw some of you digging into that already. That's great. Have some more afterwards. We've got a photo booth for your family to make some awesome memories for your kids we have a winter wonderland experience that they can go through, and maybe you—maybe you had a little spoiler alert. You saw who's at the end of that—a chance for those kids to to uh, get an awesome memory, take another picture there, and really just a space for you to connect with each other and just enjoy Christmas as a family, make some memories today. But before we do anything else, I'm excited to just introduce a really awesome group of our real-life kids, and they're going to just tell us a Christmas story in a really, I guess the word would be unique and special way. So I invite you to check this out.
1: Christmas is about Jesus being born in the barns. It's about baby Jesus and Jesus was born before Santa and Christmas. Can I just tell the story? It all started when Gabriel, the angel, told Mary that she will have a baby. In a certain amount of time, uh, they would have a baby Jesus, and in the future, he would be like the savior of the world. The angel said, Told her to not be scared. Don't be afraid! She said, I'm not scared. The angel went to Joseph um, and told the same thing. And the mom and dad went to Bethlehem. They would travel by um, a cow. And they went on a boat. Maybe, of course, they use a Tesla. They rode on a donkey to Bethlehem. All the ends were filled. The person that was freaking there said they can live in the barn. Sorry, there's no more rooms and you'll have to go to the major. Uh, It's fine. We we can find a good spot to stay. That's when baby Jesus was born. And the world rejoiced. He's so tiny went to shepherds um, the angel said to the shepherds um, in Bethlehem in a stable barn there it your Lord will be birthed the wise men were following the stars I think. They followed a bright star in the sky, shining down on the barn. They gave um, Baby Jesus gold statues. But one guy didn't have enough money for gifts, so they he played his drums. Wiseman brought him gold, freaking myrrh, and gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Spiderman man a stuffy, 2,000 stuffies. If I wanted baby Jesus, give, I would probably give him uh, a little toy. I bring and a blanket. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as um, as the angels had told them. Uh, Christmas is all about Jesus being born. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end.
0: Give it up for those real-life kids. Saw some real-life youth in there, some young adults. Man, they did a great job. Well, hey, I invite you to stand back to your feet today as we continue worshiping the newborn king today. And, man, it's just so exciting to sing these songs celebrating the fact that the king has come. Let's sing. He. In the darkness, here and now, hope for the hopeless. Emmanuel, here and now, you kept your promise. Here. this up.
2: Oh, the angels sing, the highest of praises, the heavens ring, the song of salvation, Emmanuel. Oh, Emmanuel. A miracle, a miracle, the King is come to dwell.
3: I know you love him. Come on, let's let him hear you. Man, who's excited for the birth of Jesus today? Come on, man, this is exciting. I don't know if you know the song Noel, but it actually uh, comes from the French word birth. And so we sing the birth of Jesus. And uh, I want to wish you guys a Merry Christmas. Man, thanks for being in the house, especially you guys at Cobra Life Home. Uh, and if you're new with us, a special Merry Christmas to you guys. Uh, we are excited you're here. I uh, hope you feel at home. I uh, hope you feel welcomed. Uh, and I want you to know that you're welcome to call this place home. Amen. And so as Real Life, come on, let our visitors know we love them. Come on, let them know. Come on. One last group of people I remiss not to say thanks to this Christmas is our Real Life Dream Team. Uh, everything you've seen today, all the decorations, everything set up. Uh, the world's largest Christmas tree through a 7-0 door. Come on, somebody. Uh, the school did not bring that in. That was our team. Took 50 grown men. Come on, somebody. Uh, to bring that in. So I want to say a special thanks to our Dream Team. Man, so much prayers, so much hard work behind the scenes. Winter, everything. So give it for our Dream Team. Come on. Let them know you love them. This was going to be your cue to sit down, but you're all seated, so y'all can do that now. Perfect. Oh, man. Uh, But it is a great season. Uh, Man, I want to say special thanks uh, for all you guys that came tonight. Uh, It's going to be a really good night. This is our seventh annual, uh, seventh time in a row for me speaking here at Real Life uh, for a Christmas Eve gathering. So I'm feeling a little older. Um, My son has reminded me of that this week. Uh, We were wrapping gifts for his little cousin, and uh, and by the way, the kids, my kids are now old enough to be in here. Come on, somebody. Uh, they're in the front row. They get brownie points in heaven for that, by the way. Um, and so, so Jack's helping me wrap some gifts for his little cousin, and he pulls a bag out of the Christmas bag, you know, the box, just full of, you know, all the stuff, right? He's like, Dad, let's put it in here. And I'm like, no, 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 son. Bags are for old people, you know. They don't want to have to clean up anything. They pull it out, it's done. These kids want to rip it apart, go crazy, all these things. And uh, my son, without missing the beat, he looks into my soul, and he says, you know what, Dad, you're right. We'll save the bag for your gift. Come on, somebody. He's seven. It's good. I love it. So um, he got dressed this morning, and he's like, man, I, I look so good. I look better than the president. I'm like, you and everybody else, come on, somebody, you know. So it's awesome. But uh, we're, we're finished up a series called Advent, and this series has really been the series of just the Advent of Jesus is really the waiting for Jesus to come. There's that silence between the Old Testament and New Testament, and they're waiting for the first Advent of Jesus. And so we spent this series really diving into people that were waiting for the arrival of Jesus. Uh, we jumped into Zachariah, and uh, he, he was old, right? His, his wife was well-aged, I think it's about how Pitt put it, you know. And uh, we learned um, that God is working even in the waiting, that these miracles happen, all these things happen behind the scenes. And last week, Barry did an awesome job preaching a message about Mary. And uh, we learned that God is a God of the impossible. That really nothing is impossible for God. If God's word says it, it's going to come to pass. Amen. And so he went back to Abraham and how he had a kid and uh, how Mary also has a kid. And God can do any miracle he wants to do. And so maybe in this season, you're a season of waiting. Uh, Maybe this is a season for you where you're not just waiting, but you're actually dreaming for the next season. Uh, We can often spend a lot of time in our life looking forward to something instead of being present in the moment. And uh, you might be waiting for a new beginning. Uh, You may be waiting for a struggle to pass or a new season or the arrival of something new, maybe to get unstuck, Uh, maybe to be a different season of your life. Uh, Maybe just waiting for something awesome to happen. I know all the kids in the house, uh, you're waiting for something very special tomorrow morning to open all your Christmas gifts. Amen. You guys excited? This is where the kids can scream at church. Come on, just go and scream if you're a kid. You can do it. Perfect. This is you guys win the trophy over here for the loudest scream. I'm pretty sure that was a male voice. Um, that was a Holcomb kid. All right, taking after dad. I like that. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, you get older kids, it's really cool. You start dreaming about different things in presents. So you start dreaming about being debt-free. Come on, somebody. Uh, Mr. or Mrs. Right. Uh, maybe you start dreaming about uh, just some financial raise or a better job or uh, all, all the things that we adults have to deal with all the time. Uh, maybe you dream about retirement. Come on, somebody. Count down the decades. <laughs> Come on, right? Uh, maybe you're dreaming of a nicer home or some updates in the home. Uh, perhaps this Christmas you may be dreaming something really serious. Uh, maybe this Christmas you're, you're dreaming of a Christmas miracle. Uh, maybe you're dreaming for a medical miracle. Uh, maybe a financial miracle. You might be dreaming of some kind of reconciliation between you and your spouse. Uh, if you're a parent, you might be dreaming of your kid pick up the phone or getting a phone call from your kid. Uh, you, you might be just dreaming for something for your soul. You might be one of those seasons of depletion where you, you just, just kind of put online? I know Christmas is like a race, you know, and uh, you might be, just, be just, just worn slick. You might be dreaming something better for your kids. You know, and I, th- I think about tonight, I think maybe this is the night, I just believe this is the night, uh, that Jesus and God wants to meet you here, uh, that you can be in the presence of the presence of God. This is really the essence of Christmas, that God came with us, our Emmanuel, our Savior. And I think back in the Bible, and I think it didn't take very long for Mary to start dreaming of what it was what got the angel told to her. Uh, she'd been dreaming and waiting for things, and so I want to check this out. This is Luke chapter one, and uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter two the rest of the day. But Luke one thirty one says this: This is the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary, and she he says this. He said, "You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus." And it's amazing because this is the, his earthly name. It's the name that is above all names; that every knee shall bow. His name is Jesus. And Verse thirty two says, "He will be great, and you'll be called." He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he'll reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end now i'm thinking about mary good in this news it probably didn't take very long for her to start dreaming of the inauguration day of her little son of the king of kings and the lord of lords amen start dreaming of like one day this boy he's going to have a kingdom that's going to last forever when this boy's going to grow up and he's going to be exalted and everybody's going to recognize him as the king of kings but god had a different way of getting there and a different plan Uh, She was so excited, actually, Mary heard this from the angel. She learned from the angel that her cousin Elizabeth was pregnant with John. And so she went and visited her cousin. She was with her cousin for three months. Um, and then she came home and she would got the news that John, being the John the Baptist, was born. And she would have been excited. If there's ever a moment in the Bible where it's like a mountaintop experience of faith, like where you've waited and now there's a promise that's come to fulfillment, like you don't have to wait any longer in this moment. She's in the middle of God's promise. She's in the middle of God's hand. She's feeling his presence. I mean, God's on the move. She's on the mountaintop. And the question I want to pose to you today is how bad do you think that Satan wanted to stop Jesus from coming? How bad do you think Satan wanted to discourage the faith of Joseph and Mary? How bad do you think that Satan wanted to keep Mary and Joseph from fulfilling the plans of God? To dismantle their faith, disrupt their faith, to get them to question their faith. To get them to slow down and to hesitate and to wonder and to, to lose sight of what God has. And what's going to happen is Satan is going to throw everything he can at, at, at Joseph and Mary to stop them, to discourage them from following God. And I want to encourage you today that God is going to use every bit of the struggle for his glory. Amen. God's going to do everything that Satan puts out there, that the the problems that they face, God's going to use every little bit of the story for his glory. And so the struggle you may be facing this season, I want you to know today that God is in the middle of the struggle. Amen that God is with you and that God knows exactly what's going on and God is going to use every ounce of it. He's going to take things from ashes. He's going to build them. That God, God is going to use every ingredient of your pain and suffering for his glory. There's no wasted moment in time and God is going to use it to write an incredible story. You're going to see this in the scriptures. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you got your Bible, who's got the Bible today? Come on, let's see your Bible. Grab your Bible, pick it up real high. Got your Bible? Really high. All right, we're a church. We love the Bible. Come on, somebody. Uh few people, got get, that's right in the front. But uh, uh, we put the verses on the screen today, but we actually don't normally put the verses on the screen uh, because once you guys know the word of God, amen, once you're able to open up the Bible and know it's true, know it for yourself, and so I encourage you, man, you plan on coming back, love to have you bring a Bible, amen. And if you don't have one, man, we'll make sure to get one for you. But, man, get into the Word of God. We absolutely love it. Uh, But we're going to see that it's worth the wait. We're going to look at the struggle of Joseph and Mary and see how God uses every bit of the story and is in charge of every single thing he orchestrates. It's incredible. So Luke chapter 2, we're just going to walk through the verses here. Start in verse 1. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Uh, This was the first census to take place when Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. Now, this is real interesting. I'm going to kind of unpack this a little bit. But it's really interesting. Mary, everything's going great. It's going smooth. And then the government got involved. Come on, somebody. Things changed. It took a different direction. And this is the first time there's ever been a census with the Roman government over the Jewish people. They're not even supposed to be following the Romans. The Romans are overtaking them. And they call for a census. The first time in history. It's actually pretty cool how the Bible lines up with history. Maybe you don't believe in the Bible. Maybe you don't believe it to be true. But what's, what's amazing is, is that Julius Caesar had been assassinated. His nephew, Octavian, uh, was supposed to take the throne, got in the war with Mark Anthony. And if you don't, this is an awesome history story. But Mark Anthony ran off um, all the way down into Egypt and, and was killed. And it, it's amazing to, to see this story come unfold. And so Mark Anthony is dead. Octavian becomes the first emperor of Rome. Matter of fact, he renames himself Caesar Augustus. You see that in the Bible. He issued a decree in eight BC to do a census. Caesar Augustus, he gave this name because uh, Augustus means most high. So he's saying, I'm the most high ruler. He kind of put himself in the place of deity and became the first emperor of the Roman empire. This is how we know where Jesus, the year he was born, is because we have this in the Bible where he calls for the census. It's absolutely amazing. And uh, you know, we think about being frustrated in 2020 when they shut down buildings and, and businesses and we had to wear masks. You guys wanna go back to that? I didn't think so, right? Everybody's frustrated by this whole thing, right? And I could imagine in their world uh, to be taking census from a foreign government to pay foreign taxes. And a matter of fact, you think of a few years later, uh, if you know Jewish history, uh, it's written down in 3 BC that the actual the Jews revolted, and there's thousands of people who died because they don't pay taxes. Come on, somebody. it sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's how it became America, right? And and the reality is is that Mary and Joseph they don't hesitate. Uh, you don't find them anywhere in the story in the Bible ever. Complaining. Come on, somebody. That this wasn't in the plan. She's nine months pregnant. Now there's a foreign ruler that's an emperor that, that wants us to pay these taxes. We have to travel. And I also encourage you today that even taxes are in God's plan. Amen? He's in control of taxes. Caesar's face is on the coin, but God owns the treasury. Amen? I mean, God knows exactly what He's doing. God's in control, He's the director of the script, he's the author, he's the writer, he's the producer, he's the wardrobe, he, he, he's the grip, uh, he, he's every piece of the story. He's the orchestra, he's the pit, he wrote all the music. God is in charge of everything, amen? And this is something that Mary and Joseph are gonna lean into. Luke says in verse four. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to where? What city are they going to? Yeah, Bethlehem, the town of David. This is named after the King David who was actually born in Bethlehem. And so traveling to Bethlehem, this is because he belonged to the house of the Lion of David. So they're going back to the tribal cities of origin. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And I want you to think about this. This is a passage you may just like breeze by. It's like, that's really cool. They're gonna go back to a census. Um, This is actually 70 mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They would travel through mountainous terrain. You're gonna find out later that Mary and Joseph, they're they're not very wealthy. They, They didn't probably own any livestock. They would have borrowed somebody's donkey or would have walked 70 miles. Now, I don't know the last time we walked 70 miles, come on somebody, or seven miles or seven tenths of a mile. As you can see, my jacket's getting a little tighter. Come on somebody, right? But, but she's nine months pregnant and she willfully follows the story that God has for her. She's just faithfully beating every step of the way. it will be real easy to be discouraged or get bitter or be irritated that God has brought you to this point, made this promise, and now you gotta go out of your way to begin to complain but she never complained. And she knew something very special that maybe you didn't know that she knew. Um, you know, the wait was supposed to be over, right? Like she'd already been promised to the angel had have this son. She knew exactly, she's nine months pregnant. She knows like, oh, it's right around the corner. But she had read the end of the Old Testament. She, she had known something that maybe we didn't know she knew. Uh, she had read through the Old Testament and she would have known Micah 5-2. And everything changes when we know the Bible, amen? We know the end of the book. And so she knew the end of the book. And this is what it says in Micah 5-2, a prophecy. It says, but you, who's it say? But you, yeah, Bethlehem, you, Bethlehem, Apathra, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. This is about Jesus, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. That's, that's one way to say it. Jesus was far from the beginning, right? He, he never had a beginning. He's always been. And what he's saying is in Bethlehem, the sons can be born, and she knew this, Amen. And so she said, well, we're going to start walking because that's where that sun is going to come out in Bethlehem. I don't know about this, but Caesar, he he had no idea that he was a pawn in the hand of an unborn king. Caesar Augustus, when he made made this census call, he had no idea that God was going to orchestrate that census to fulfill Micah 5-2. That Jesus makes empires and emperors to rise and to fall in his plan and his time. Amen. And the reality is God will do it for you as well. there's nothing that's outside God's plan or God's ways. But I would say this, everything changes into God's plan for your life. Everything knows when when you know the end of the book, when when you've read the Bible, you know the promise of God, everything changed for you because you can live by faith. Uh, There's a friend of mine that um, went to school together in college and he he posted this about two weeks ago and it it just just touched my heart, just stirred me. But he said something to this effect. He said, the first thing, I'm thankful the first thing that my son opened his eyes to were the eyes of Jesus. My son would have been five years old today, but I'm thankful that one day I'm gonna to get to see my son in heaven. I'm looking forward to meeting him for the very first time. Now that's faith, amen? That's bold faith. But I didn't say there was no tears. I didn't say that there was no pain. I didn't say there wasn't a hole inside of his heart that broke every single day as he thought about his son. I didn't say it was easy, but I did say it was a man of faith, amen? And and that's what you have when you have Jesus because you know the end of the book. There's so many promises for us in scripture. Think about this. It's one thing to get a blessing from God and say, thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna follow you. I'm full of faith. It's another thing when God asks for the blessing back. That's faith. When God takes back the blessing and you still say, God, I'm still following you. And the story you're gonna read today with Mary, she has to do that exact thing. She's gonna return the blessing that God gave her. She gave. She gives. Given Jesus, and she will give Jesus back. Verse six says this: While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there's no guest room available for them. You, you think about this. Maybe it was the census crowds that showed up to the inn. Uh, maybe they just didn't recognize she was about to burst. Come on, somebody. Like I don't know what the deal was. Um, but she gave birth to Jesus and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and that was a tradition that they did in the Jewish custom. But not only that, for them, she wrapped Jesus clothes because it was cold. She gave birth to Jesus outside. Uh, the Bible talks about placing Jesus in a manger. And I don't know if you know what a manger is, but it's just basically a feeding trough for animals. She, she placed Jesus in a place where you place the food to feed animals. And so in the Bible, you don't see anywhere it says the word stable, like we always have stable manger scenes, right? Uh, but we know Jesus was in a stable because he's placed in a manger. Now think about this, this is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is his day one, on earth. This is his entrance to humanity. Day one is full of struggle. There's no glory, there's no parade, there's no prompt and circumstance, there's no crib, there's no room with humanity, just a manger. And not about you, I think we can change that today, amen? I think today we give a little worship to Jesus. I think today we give some praise to Jesus that he deserved on his birthday that he even get. Today we can look back and say, thank you, Jesus, for all you've done for us. I'll say this, struggles don't conflict with the God's plan. Struggles don't break apart God's plan. Matter of fact, I believe struggles often confirm God's plan. Struggles actually confirm the plan of God. We've got, we got to get past this idea, and it's, it's really kind of a weak theology, that easy means divine. That then when it's comfortable, then God is in it. That if it's hard, then it must, there must be something wrong. Like, if it's a difficult season, then, then God must be absent, I must be falling apart, it must not be working out. We, we really got to get past this idea that it's just all about comfort. Amen? That, that, that following Jesus is often hard. It's hard to read your Bible. Come on, somebody. It, it's hard to pray for five minutes a night and I fall asleep, right? It, 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 it's hard to go to church because, look all these people, you know? Oh, I love people, right? Oh, right? Everybody's like, no right? Uh, Or or, or to to go to church at all because you've been hurt the last church. And so it's difficult maybe to walk into a church or maybe you didn't get what you want in that last season. Maybe it didn't work out the way you want to. And the temptation for following Jesus is the temptation is to quit when it gets difficult. That's a temptation, but maybe that's where God does his best work. Think about this. If baby Jesus was born in the cold, was placed into a manger, day one of his time on earth, why would we think that our life would be any more comfortable than that? Come on, somebody. Merry Christmas. Here's the reality. God knew there was something worth waiting for. God knew there was something worth the struggle. God knew there was something worth struggling every day of his life for. And you're gonna find that Jesus was born in struggle and will die in struggle. And the reality is that struggle is for our souls, amen? And that's why we walk through struggle for other people's souls. We follow Jesus. Verse eight says this, and there are these shepherds and, they, or, and there were shepherds, and where were they living? What's it say? They were living, yeah, in fields. Anybody live in a field today? We'll help you out. We'll get you a house, right? We'll get you a place to stay at night, at the inn, right? But they live in these fields, and to keep watch of the, of the flocks at night. Now, if you don't know much about shepherds, uh, they weren't really trusted. Uh, they're, they're, a little, they're a little suspect, right? I mean, you're living with sheep 24-7. At this time, in this period, 365 days a year, they lived in the fields with sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but it's probably like the, the dead-end job. Come on, somebody, right? Like you couldn't really cut it in the other stuff, so you're going to move in with the sheep. You know, what's amazing about these lowly shepherds is, is that God uses them, amen? God's going to use these poor, lowly, bad-reputation shepherds for his glory. And so verse 9 says this, "...the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid." I bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, uh, who is born? Uh, Savior's born. Interesting you call him a savior. Is born to you. He is the Messiah. And that word would have meant the anointed one. He's the one that the Old Testament spoke of and prophesied for. He is the Christ is what you call Messiah in the New Testament. He is Lord. So this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts. Man, this is God's royal entourage. I mean, this is a private band and praise team. Come on, somebody. They split open the sky and they begin to sing and cheer on. The Revelation 5 says that there's so many hosts of heaven that it's unfathomable to even number in the human mind. We can't even comprehend. And these hosts would have split the sky open and given praise to Jesus. So they appear with an angel praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. So when the angel left them and gone to heaven. The shepherd said to well, one, no, this is a good idea. Let's go to Bethlehem and see the things have happened which the Lord has told us about. And I just believe tonight, some of you guys are gonna have this moment. We're gonna say, you know what? I'm gonna run to Jesus tonight. I begin to recognize who Jesus is. And today, I believe God is calling you to, to be in his sight and to look for him today. And so you'd be wise to listen to the shepherds. In verse 16, it says, they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word. Come on, they weren't sheepish. I worked on all week, come on, somebody. Well, you got to give one to me, right? So they spread the word. You're still with me. I like that. Concerning what had been told them about the child. And all the herd were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, and this is how they returned. I love this. Glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told. Man, for those shepherds, it had been worth the wait. i mean, had been worth the long nights, the cold nights, watching over dumb sheep in fields 24 seven is worth the bad reputation that they would be the first people to see Jesus. Here's what's interesting about those shepherds. Outside of Bethlehem, there's these fields. And at that time period, they actually would would raise the sheep that would be used for sacrifices in the temple. And so these shepherds were the very shepherds that would raise these little lambs that would go on to be the sacrifices in the temple. It's just amazing to me in God's plan, in God's sovereignty, that the very first people to visit Jesus were the shepherds that would groom a lamb to be slaughtered for a sacrifice to God, amen? It's absolutely incredible to think about the story that God is writing. And maybe today you feel out of place in this season, You feel like you don't belong. You feel like you're in a dead-end road. You feel like in a rat race. You feel like you're just going on and on and on. You feel insignificant and nobody notices. Can I just tell you that God has you in the exact moment in this time of history that he wants you to be in? Amen? He has you in the exact place, the exact moment. You're not unseen. He knows exactly what he is doing. Look at verse 21. On the eighth day, when it's time to circumcise the child, he, he was given the name Jesus. The name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Verse 22, when the time came, for the purification rites required by the law of Moses. It says, Jesus, four days old, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as written the law of the Lord. So you see that in Exodus 13, Leviticus 12. It says, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. That means to be given back to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons are to be sacrificed to consecrate to the Lord. What's, what's amazing about this, and you don't see in the story, is that you're actually supposed to, with your firstborn, you go to the temple, You're actually supposed to buy a yearling lamb to be sacrificed. But Joseph and Mary are so poor, they can't afford a lamb. And I just think it's uh, not a coincidence that God picked poor people on earth to be the mom and dad of Jesus. And and it couldn't just be, is because the perfect lamb of God was already there to be sacrificed just 33 years away. Isn't that amazing to think through? They were poor for the glory of God, that they had struggled their whole life to make ends meet, And they had a big dream that they could get awesome jobs and do all these things. And then God gave them a child. They didn't have fun, right? And then God gave them a child to to raise. And they were poor, couldn't afford the offering in the temple. And God would use them to bring the will of God into this world. And we somehow think that we don't have enough that God can use us. And God will use anybody that's willing, amen? This is what it says in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel that what he's waiting for is the Messiah and the plan to be fulfilled. He's waiting for that Messiah, the Anointed one to show up and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. I mean, that's, that's an amazing word from the Lord. He knew he was gonna see Jesus. He knew he was gonna see the Messiah in his own two eyes. He says, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, probably the temple courts of the women. And when the parents brought in the, the child Jesus to do for him what this custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. And this is what rabbis would do. They'd take that kid and they'd pick him up and they'd pray over that kid and they'd bless that kid and consecrate that kid to God. And this is what it says, Simeon said in verse 29, sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Like it's worth it. I've seen the glory of the Lord. I've seen God himself. I saw the presence of God. I saw the promise fulfilled and I can die in peace. I saw the greatest gift ever given. And verse 30 says, for my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Right, we can sing a song right there. Uh, But he says, no, my eyes have seen your salvation. It's interesting that Simeon recognized that this son was born to die as a savior for the world. Verse 31 says, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. It's amazing that Jesus's birth was not hidden to the world. It's actually proclaimed to the whole world, to all nations. It says a light for the revelation of Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Think about this, that Jesus was built in the sight of all nations. Do you know that God is not playing some sick game of hide and seek with you? You know that God is not trying to, to, to hide his will and his way from your life? You know that God is not trying to be some distant thing you can't figure out and rationalize your mind? That God wants you to know him, amen? God wants you to walk with him. He wants to be known. He was prepared in the sight of all nations. The Messiah was highly expected in this time. The Messiah had been prophesied. The Old Testament spoke to him often, but still only a handful of people even recognize the significance of Jesus' birth. Why? Because people are selfish. People were looking through their own way. They didn't look to the scripture. They looked to their own path. There's many people in the Bible who actually found Jesus because they are looking for Jesus and they found him. And I just believe today that God is asking you to look for him today. That God wants to be in your sight today. That maybe you can be like Simeon and say, my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Like maybe I was once was blind, but... Now I see. And this is what he says in verse 33, this is a, a prophecy over Jesus. And this is the last piece of scripture that I'll give you. But verse 33 says this, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. And he said to Mary, his mother, this is what he says to Mary, it's so powerful. This is the reason for Jesus' birth. So this child is destined to cause the falling and raising of many in Israel. For some people in the Jewish culture, it's, they're gonna be a stumbling block. They're gonna get mad. They're people that be crucify Jesus. For other people are gonna be followers of Jesus, they're gonna be disciples of Jesus. And to be a sign, they'll be spoken against That Jesus is gonna be insulted. He's gonna be mocked on the cross. Verse 35 says this, so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. That some hearts will be known as whitewashed tombs. That what's on the outside doesn't look like anything that's on the inside. And for some people, they're gonna be full of faith. And Jesus is gonna be revealing what's inside people's hearts. He looks at Mary and he says this, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That you're gonna have so much sorrow as, as, as if a sword or pierce into your soul. And what Simeon is saying about this baby who's 40 days old about Jesus, is that this son of yours one day is gonna go to a cross. And he needs to be crucified. And he's gonna die for the sins of humanity. What he's saying is that Jesus was born to die for us. Amen. And that every one of those little struggles along the way for Joseph and Mary, was actually used to fulfill the plan of God. Think about this, Jesus was born in the struggle. He's gonna die in struggle. It didn't negate the work of God. Matter of fact, struggles were the work of God. Emperors were used, taxes were used, fully occupied inns were used, lowly shepherds were used. The perfect Lamb of God was given to the poorest of the poor and they were used. Angels were used in the making of this story. Come on, somebody rabbis prophesied the birth of Jesus about his death to take on the sins of the world. You know, Mary had no earthly idea really what the plan of God was gonna entail. She, she had no idea that they're gonna have to walk 70 miles to Bethlehem. She had no idea a few years later they're going to flee for their lives to Egypt. She had no idea that one day she'd stand at the foot of a cross in tears as disciple John held onto her as Jesus was crucified and died for the sins of the world. She had no earthly idea but she had the faith to follow God, amen? She had the faith to follow God. And, and this is Christmas, is where the faith to follow Jesus, even though we don't understand, even though we're waiting in a struggle, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it's not our favorite season, that this very child that God gave Mary, the one day God would ask for him back. And the reality is this, is that our faith is not in the blessing. Our faith is always found in the blessing giver, amen? And so in this season where it doesn't make sense, we say, thank you, Jesus. It doesn't make sense, but I know you have a plan you're working, it's so much bigger. There's things being fulfilled. There's things had behind the scenes. And when, you're, when your plans get wrecked, guess what? God's using amen. They weren't counting on a census. It was worth the wait. Think about this, there's an infinite host of heaven that stares over the edge of heaven, looking at what God is doing in the souls of men. That's what's cheering us on today, amen. Like there's a heavenly host cheering us on. And in this season, you may feel like you're in a struggle in this pit, never make it through, but you're here for the glory of God, amen? God's glory is gonna come through your life. You may be hurting, you may not understand what's going on, but this is the exact moment that God has for you, amen? That God's reveal something through your life and do something incredible, that angels are actually being used in the writing of your story. This is what the Bible says, I'm not making this up. There's angels that walk among us, you don't know who they are. And they're writing a story in our lives, so we can bring people to Jesus. Now, think about those shepherds; they, 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 they ran to Jesus. Not only that, that they brought other people with them. And maybe today, God's working all things at all times in the sight of all nations for you today to get sight of Jesus, and for you not only to run to Jesus, but to go out into the world and bring people to Him. Amen. This is what Advent's all about. Two thousand years ago, Jesus came down the cross now he's waiting here for you to get sight of him. Amen, church. Come on, this is Christmas. Father, come before you. Got to pray a blessing, God, on your people. God, pray for those who are Jesus followers in the house. I wanna talk to you guys that know Jesus. Maybe today you're in a season of waiting, maybe a season of discouragement, a season of struggle. Maybe today you're saying, you know what? I recognize that God's using this struggle. I recognize that God is using this for his plan. But my faith today has been renewed. My faith is in, in the blessing the giving of the blessing, the blessing giver into Jesus. Maybe today you recognize that you've been struggling this season, your eyes been focused on everything but Jesus, but today, you know what? I'm just gonna resettle your heart on Christ. You're gonna put your faith in Christ, renew your strength and whatever story you walk through, you say, no, God, you got it. I'm trusting you have a promise fulfilled. I'm trusting that the struggle is used for your glory. You're not gonna waste this pain. You're gonna use this for your glory. If that's you today and you follow Jesus, you say, you know what? I'm but my faith, restore my faith in Christ. That's you, would you put your hand high in this room, and say, that's me today. Come on across this room, just put your hands up. God's speaking to you. Come on, I see your hands across this room. Father, you see the hands, you know the hearts. Gotta pray. You just put a blessing on them, God. Just give them the peace found in Christmas, the joy of Christmas. Gotta strength in Christmas that only comes from you, and they'd walk with you every single day. I pray for one group of people in the house. That's, the, that's those you say, you know what? I need to get inside of Jesus today. I, I'm like those shepherds up on a dead end road, I'm gonna try my own path. And today God's gonna hold my heart. I recognize a little bit of who Jesus is. I recognize the story is made up. I recognize this fits perfectly in history. I recognize it do my own way, but today I need Jesus. And the Bible says that it because on Jesus will be saved, forgiven and made new. And today you can start a relationship with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords because he went to that cross for you. The Bible says that it because on Jesus to be forgiven and made new. So if that's you day that you looking around, we just slip your hand there and say, you know what? I need Jesus today. I wanna walk out here with relationship to Christ. Come on, put your hand here if that's you today. God's speaking to you. Come on. This is your moment. You need Jesus. If that's you, just pray your, this prayer. Prayer doesn't save you. but just your heart towards him. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. God, for loving me enough, God, to come in a manger through the cold. God, through 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 suffering and struggle, God, you came to my world, God. It was worth it so I could know you today, God. If you can have my life. I wanna serve you. God, take my sin. I wanna follow you. And I pray that this on Christmas in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give some glory to Jesus. Come on, lift it up to Jesus. Let them know you love him today.
4: Man, what an incredible reminder that God is waiting for us. And all he's asking us to do is just to take that next step, that next step towards him. And for all of us, it's different. That step may look different. But for you today, maybe that step was actually trusting Jesus for the very first time. Maybe that was you deciding to say yes to him and starting a relationship with him today. And I want to be the first to say congratulations from our church and from all of us here at Real Life Church. And also just to say, um, we don't want you to do this alone. We have some next steps for you, some resources to help you start on this journey to really begin all that God has called you to do and it's a book we want to mail to you we want you guys to grab that connection card that's next to you and just to check that box that says you started a relationship with Jesus today so we can mail a book to you Um, we also have some additional resources that we want you to grab on your way out so if you guys will grab there's a red bag there's a bible in it there's also a paper in it um, that has some other resources and ways for you to get connected to our bible app Um, it's people on our team that just want to encourage you and help you as you get started on this awesome journey so we have some amazing things coming up here at Real Life Church, and next week is something that we call Sabbath Sunday here at Real Life. And if you're new here, this is a great opportunity for you to join us in your pajamas. That's right, in your pajamas. Um, we have this thing that we do every year here. It's called Sabbath Sunday, and it's an opportunity for our team, since we're portable, to have a rest day. And so we will be having an online gathering that day at 10 o'clock a.m. You can join us on Facebook Live or on uh, Church Online, and we will have some amazing worship songs for Sean will be bringing a word. We're starting a brand new series that week that's all about building our faith. It's a great opportunity for you if you're a new believer or if you've believed in God for your entire life, but you just need to start your year off right here in 2024. That's weird to say, Um, but it will be an amazing opportunity for you to get to join us from your home. Um, So make sure you don't show up in person. We're going to be online only next week at 10 o'clock. We also have an opportunity for our teenagers, if you're a sixth grader through a 12th grader, if you have one, to hang out and do a little bit of bowling on New Year's Eve. Um, So you can meet at our Hope Center, drop them off there. It's only $40, and it covers them having pizza, like a whole hangout night. They're going to have the den rented out at Aaron's. Um, It should be a really fun opportunity for them to not only play some bowling. I don't think you say play bowling. Bowl game, um, hang out. Um, also hear the word of Jesus from um Drew really, really, really cool night. So, um, those of you that are here in person, I know we've talked about this connection card a million times, but the reason that we do that is because we want to connect with you. We're so honored that you're here and we want you guys to stay in the loop this next year on everything that we have coming up here at Real Life Church. So we want you to check boxes if you're wanting to receive information from us. We have an email that goes out every single week, um, just with some awesome opportunities for you to connect with us. We have life groups coming up in January. You won't want to miss signing up for those. Um, And we really just want you to be blessed by us um, this next coming year. Um, We are so grateful for the blessing that you've been here at Real Life, and we want to be the same to you this next year as well. Um, If you are new with us, this is our gift to you. We are so glad and honored that you chose during this holiday season to spend your holiday with us. Um, we're just glad that you're here and we don't want anything from you today. We, I just hope that you had a great time and felt really blessed by all of the worship, by our kids' videos and all of that. Um, but if you do call Real Life home, we wanna give you an opportunity now that you've received the gift of God this, this Christmas season to be a gift back to our church and to the people in our community um, as we continue to do the things in 2024 that we were able to do this last year in 2023. Um, those of you that have been faithful in giving, the things that we've been able to accomplish this year are directly related to you being faithful with your giving. We were able to see 30 people get baptized, which is incredible, and over 90 people receive Jesus into their life. How awesome is that? So you guys are a direct part of that. You have gotten to be a part of that because of your faithfulness and giving. And we want to make sure that we continue that into this next season to see what God has for us and all of the amazing things that he has for us that we're going to do here in 2024 as well. Um, You guys will see up on the screen, there's many ways for you to give. There are a lot of different opportunities for you to do that. You can do it here. There's going to be some giving buckets that are going to pass in just a second. We also, you can go online to reallifechurchkc.com. You can text any amount to 84321. We have a box in the back if that's more convenient for you to drop some money Um, um, in there as well. And just like we do all of the time, if you're family during this season, if you're struggling, maybe this is a hard season for you and you're needing some additional help, some resources, maybe you're struggling with food or clothing or shelter. We want you to be able to grab into those buckets as they pass by and just take any loose cash that you see in there because we want to be a blessing to your family, maybe during this time, maybe it's a not a great season and you're really struggling. We want to be able to bless your family. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to gather together as a church family, to just thank you for everything that you have been to us, to thank you for the gift of your Son, to thank you for all that you have done for us, um, not only in the Christmas season, Lord, but all year long. Bless this gathering, bless this giving, Lord. Help it to just make your name great. Help us to, in this next season of Christmas and the new year, Lord, to just continue to push your name forward, to make your name great, Lord. Help this gathering to just bless you and to honor you in all of the ways that you deserve in this season that your son has given us everything. I ask all of this in your name
5: amen. Well, man, we are going to just celebrate. We're going to honor the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords that heaven came to earth. God with us, our Emmanuel. So as the choir um, makes their way to the stage, man, I just invite you to push pause, just to slow down, uh, just to truly focus in uh, on who God is and his love uh, for us. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and stand to your feet, grab those candles you got on the way in. You can turn them on just by simply twisting the top We're going to worship together. We're going to celebrate the King of Kings who came uh, humbly to a manger to save us all. Come on, let's worship.
6: Candle okay, you can put it down, but let's sing out some praises tonight for Jesus our joy to the world. Coco. Enjoy some of those refreshments. Walk with the kids through that Winter Wonderland experience. It's going to be an awesome time our team has put together. And we just hope that you know in this season that whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. purpose. So have a very Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks so much for coming out.
3: This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.